0: and you are worthy for the future that's waiting for you. I want you to feel fulfilled and find abundance in your life. I think it's time, and I'm ready to help you get started. Now, I'm your host, Kristen, of Building a Life You Love. And each week, we're going to talk to people that have redefined their lives and are going after their dreams. And we want to help you live your best life, both personally and professionally. So let's get started. Right, today on the show, we are going to talk about how do we actually Get to the point where we enjoy our lives, that we can step through any trauma we've had or turmoil to really uh, live our best lives. And our guest today is going to share a pivotal moment in her life when she realized she was going after the life that society tells us is the things we should want. And what she had to do, what she had to step through in order to really design a life of enjoyment and design a life around her priorities, not what the world was telling her she should focus on. So take a listen, because I think we can all align to to finding ourselves in a place where maybe it's time to make a change. Today on the show, I would like to welcome Shana Michelle. She is the founder and the creator of The Enjoyment Method. It guides women to deep-rooted peace and ecstatic enjoyment in their lives. Welcome, Shana.
1: Hi, Kristen. Nice to see you. Thank you for having me today.
0: Oh, Absolutely. So can you first start off with telling us a little bit about sort of your journey and, you know, how you found um, you it, and created this enjoyment method and how you help people now?
1: Oh, absolutely. Well, it's um, it's been quite the journey. It's been exciting and it's been it's been long, but it's led me to here. So I'm grateful for that. Um, you know, I grew up in southern Idaho on a ranch. I was the product of a world champion cowboy and my family and I traveled all around the United States watching my dad compete and it was just amazing it was all American it was idyllic you know we had bucking horses and bulls on our property after my dad um, retired from from actually riding and it was just full of adventure and there was always something going on and we were out out on the ranch constantly and it just seemed like So much fun. And as much as I love my horses and I love the ranch, I also really love to dance. And so as time went on, I kind of got through my dance teachers in Southern Idaho. And uh, there was an opportunity for me to audition for Performing Arts High School in Las Vegas when I was 14. And next thing you know, off I was to Las Vegas by myself at 14. And I remember being kind of shocked about that because... The other side of the story is that I grew up in a very strict, um, devout Mormon family, and I it was just kind of shocking to me that, how, however devout they were, that the goal of me being a dancer was more important. And I just I found it on a lot of levels really um, endearing and supportive that that they would support my goals like that. And then, of course, with being alone at such a young age in Las Vegas, I did live with an aunt and uncle who I didn't really know that well, but they ended up being uh, great to me and, and all the things. So um, it was a bit of a transition, but it worked out well. Uh, anyways, as time went on, I started to experience the loneliness and the hurt and those sorts of like, questions like, wow, is dance more important than your daughter? And just kind of some of those things started sneaking in. But I was so goal-oriented and so driven and also so poor (laughs) that I didn't have a chance to really slow down. So it was just one goal to the next, to the next, to the next. I graduated high school, went to university, worked in uh, shows all over Las Vegas as a professional dancer. And then again, I'm like still working so hard, Pounded the pavement and tired of being broke. So as soon as I graduated from high school or from university, excuse me, I got my real estate license and then life really took off. I I hit that market right at the right point in time. I, um, again, being just the overachiever and extremely driven, dedicated, I rose right to the tops of the real estate business. And all of a sudden I had everything. I'm in Vegas, 25 or six years old, making millions of dollars a year. I had, I was no longer broke. I had all the fanciest clothes, the fanciest cars, and something inside of me was just miserable. Mm -hmm. And one day it all came to a head. I was uh, dropping off a diamond ring that I had and, um, in a hurry. I mean, I don't know that my feet ever touched the ground. It was just always like somewhat levitating above, above the ground. So I pull in in my car, run in to drop the diamond ring off and run back out, get in my Range Rover, put it in reverse and look up. And there's a, there's a Starbucks right next to the diamond store. And a little old lady is walking out. She had coffee in her hand and she put her hand on my car to steady herself. Well, I'm in a hurry. And all of a sudden, this fire lights from inside of me. This fury runs through my head. And I looked through the window at her, and I said, get your hand off my car. And I was even kind of taken aback by it, but I was, like, already in the middle of this situation. She looked up at me so slowly and surely, and she said, you are one miserable little girl. And I thought, oof. Didn't say anything. And I looked at her and I said, get your hand off my car. I backed up. I left. I went through the rest of my whole day. But that night, when I went to bed, I thought, there is something wrong. There is something wrong in a big way. And I need to figure this out. And where is is the sweet little blonde Shana ranch girl that used to run around with her horses and just be full of joy and full of happiness? And that moment changed my life. And that was over 15 years ago. And I can't tell you how many times I wish I would have or could find that lady and hug her. And mm-hmm. she was an angel. She was an angel to me. She held that mirror up that I needed to look yeah. at myself and go start asking all the questions. Why am I here? What am I doing? I am like being blindly led by all these different goals and ambitions that are they even my goals, whose goals are they? Mm-hmm. And so I truly consider her, her an angel. I'm so grateful for her. She brings up that story, brings up so much emotion for me. Every time I tell, I tell that story a lot, but um, it's, it's one of the most embarrassing stories of my life, but I share it with full uh, vulnerability because it changed my life. And at that moment I began, a journey to figure out what was going on. And it took me almost 15 years to, to understand and put all of the pieces of the puzzle together.
0: And ultimately
1: what I realized is that I'm a product of a covert narcissist mother and a uh, religious and political fanatic family. And those three things together created an overachiever monster in me. It cre- it created the, I'm never enough. It created all those sorts of beliefs. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when we can find those things and, and again, shine that mirror on them or put the microscope on them, bring them to life and face them, have the bravery to face them, then we can change our life.
0: Oh my goodness. I did. I got goosebumps when you were telling that story as well, because I think we've all had that moment in some way. And in some cases, it was probably pivotal for everything. In other cases, we probably realized in that day, just the behavior we were putting out, right? And, or we've probably done both, right? We probably had both experiences where, you know, it's not your normal. And then other times, like you said, where it's come to the point where you realize it's become your normal, but it shouldn't be. And so I love that you share that, you know, um, you know, on many platforms, because I think it's important. And I think it's, important because we all get to points in our lives where we realize what I've been doing isn't working you know on the soul level and on the heart level and just all the things like you said it doesn't materialistically or life-wise family-wise it can look like everything is great but it's when you know you can feel that you hear that whisper that ache that something's not aligned you know and so yeah. yeah, you you
1: know, you just said it best. It is it's hard when we when we finally get to a spot where where our soul or our purpose, our mission is outgrowing the current vessel, so to speak, mm-hmm. is difficult. It's the same like diamonds are created under time of pressure. It just all of a sudden we become uncomfortable, we become uncomfortable to be who we are, you know. And I look back at at that girl that I was at that moment and since I was a little girl, there was some there was something about me. Even though I grew up such a uh, simple life on the ranch, and I loved that life, there was something that always drew me to the glitz and the glamour and the big lights, and that I wanted to make money. I wanted to be independent, you know. Mm-hmm. And this was not a um, this was not a sentiment that was really widely held in my small town of Jerome, Idaho. You know, at that time, in yeah. the mid eighties. Um, so this was that was something that came from within inside me to even get to that point. And then at that point, I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm so uncomfortable. This is, this is just not all who I am. I'm actually so embarrassed with my behavior. And what do I do now? You know, and it was truly almost as if I had outgrown every single goal I had had for myself. And I, and for years, I couldn't find another goal. I could not find it because it was just stunning because the goal was to actually Go inside, and as soon as I started taking this journey inside,
0: oh, <laughs> you can yeah. go for years. That's that's the most amazing journey, right? Yeah, yeah. So tell us. So you 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 had this life changing moment. You started, you know, reflecting and doing some introspection. So what does that look like? You know, mm-hmm. so tell us part of that journey, like, and yeah, what what did so, you learn from it?
1: Well, I mean, like I said, it took me. 18 years about to, to get to this point. But um, the first thing I did is I went back to my ranch. I bought a little place across the road from my parents in mm. Idaho and I just started trying to put one foot in front of the other and tuning into like, how does this make me feel? I really missed my horses by that mm. time. I had been away from home, I think, for well over 10, 12 years at that time, maybe even a little bit more. And hadn't, you know, since I was 14, I went back for like a Christmas break or whatever, but I had never just gone back to be with my family. I missed my family. I yearned for them. I yearned for the the time the horses, just like to get out of the levitons and fancy suits to get into my cowboy boots and my jeans and just go put my feet in the dirt sometimes and you know yeah. all of those things. So I did that. I got back to nature. I got back to those those other passions that I knew were there. And you know, like I said, I couldn't even find a goal, but I found that and that one spark started me on that journey. Mm-hmm. And then as I was there, that's when I started to learn more about my family. And like it was not what I remembered leaving at fourteen, right? right? It was different. I had also now made something of myself. And so then with the covert narcissist mother, that starts to create the jealousy and the infighting and the tension and that was confusing, right? Because we look up to our our parents, and we don't sometimes recognize that they are just little kids too, in a way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, anyways, that started that whole education, and then and then I would go back to Vegas and appreciate that, and I I recognized that I was very dynamic in all these needs that I wanted, but I don't feel like I'm alone. I feel like mm-hmm. we're all very dynamic, and that right. we have to honor. All those sides of us, you know, yeah, you see this in so many women. So many women, like, once they become a mom, well, they forget their sensuality, they forget, Mm -hmm. you know, their beauty, they forget their quick wit, they forget, or it just gets it it leaves with the sleep depression, right? It's it's like, okay, um, but there are so many beautiful sides that color all of us. So I just started trying to lean into all the things that I liked, and then. Of course. Like it's just one, one thing after another, when you really start tuning into those things is um, you start to learn about yourself. If you really start to listen to yourself. Right. Mm -hmm. And then ultimately, ultimately for me, um, one of the, one of the biggest things that was a massive blessing in my life is my, my grandmother that lived there in Southern Idaho with us. She was a master herbalist, one of the, most successful women master herbalists. So my entire life, I was really taught a lot about health and wellness and herbs and the effectiveness of plant medicine. And so anytime my life started to feel like it was spinning out of control, I always had the ability to come back to myself through my health and wellness. So that was something that really anchored me always, especially um, even just my practice in dance and Pilates and all of that stuff. I would just come back to there, so I would keep coming back to that foundation, and and then every time, and again, you just keep growing, right, as you mm-hmm. tune into yourself and whatever. And ultimately, I went on. It was about a two-year journey after I had my kids. After, so I met my husband. I moved to Vancouver, Canada, and for the first time in my life, I had no friends, no family. And now pregnant, brand new babies, you know, this whole stage. And it was very alone and it was very quiet. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden that hurt that I thought I'd done so much work on that. I thought Mm I had been really, you know, all the things when I finally was given the gift of, um, of the quiet time, the respite that I talk about, like the break from just having to earn money from all of the things all of a sudden that just took front and center stage Mm -hmm. and especially the absence. That's where the absence of my mother really started to show up big time. And, and I, by the time my daughter was about one year old, she's the second of my babies. I knew something was really wrong. And so I went 100% alcohol free for almost a year I tuned into all my breath work, into all my, I mean, I just was like so adamant that I was going to figure this out. And within about 30 days of a journaling program, breath work, crystals, my herbs, all of that stuff, it all finally came together to discover that trauma. And that is the key. We have to get to that. But I truly don't believe we can get to that until we lay the foundation of our health. And so that is what that is why the enjoyment method. When Once I felt the feeling that I felt, once I discovered my own personal trauma, for, for my whole life, I went along thinking, and it served me on most levels, I am so blessed. I am so grateful. I have been giving all these opportunities. I got to leave small town Idaho and go you know, to the big lights and have opportunity and have success. I felt so grateful. And I always, I still do. You still do that. Do. But at the end of the day, I was also extremely emotionally abused and um, mentally abused and manipulated and gaslighted and stonewalled and all the things. Um, And that was that nagging, clenching, sickening feeling in my heart and gut that I held for, for most of my adult life. Once I discovered that, the freedom, the peace, the joy, the happiness, the guts and bravery, I was just like, I can... If I've been going my whole life with basically my mother as my number one enemy, imagine what I can do now that I know that information, you know, I just yeah. felt so free and alive and awake. And I wanted that feeling for everybody. Yeah. I wanted this to be available to everybody. Like how do you, how do we replicate that? And so mm-hmm. that is how the enjoyment method was born. I really went back through and looked at every single piece of the puzzle that it took me to figure this out, and I'm hoping to replicate that for people in a much shorter time than 15 to 20 years.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh, there's so much there. I think yes. a couple of things. Yeah, a couple of things that were kind of uh, came up for me when you were talking about that is one, um, you kind of spoke to when you had that feeling and you realized like something's got to change. I've got to figure out what's going on with me and and get to a better place the first thing you talked about is, and I think this is so true in our lives for for everything. You you tapped into your curiosity. You tapped into your exploration, right? Like you said, you started being curious about, hold on, what is it that I've been going after? And is this really what I want? Is this who I really want to be? And then what things light you up, right? So I think that's one that's key for people to recognize. Whether it's a good time or a hard time for you, we have to be curious about, new things. We have to be curious about what did we used to love that maybe we've put aside or we've paused. I think that's important. And then the next thing is, is you, you talked about this, but I like to tell people you do need to learn about yourself. You need alone time and you need to date yourself. And by that, I mean, I remember in high school, I was waiting tables down at the beach at the oceanfront. And I remember like the first time I ever went to lunch by myself because I'm, I'm one of five kids. There was always people around. So for me, that is a very strange feeling at that age, you know, like, well, what do you, what do you mean? Why would I go somewhere by myself? I remember the first time I was at a conference and I went to dinner, sat at the bar because I was by myself at a conference. And then I went to a movie by myself and I remember it used to be uncomfortable, right? But then you realize if you never shop by yourself, you never go pick something out by yourself. You're always going to be impacted by the person you're with's opinions of what you're choosing. You just are, even if you try not to be. So I think you have to really get to know yourself when you're not, someone else is not around at every minute. You know,
1: it's such a good point. I mean, it's something that I didn't bring up earlier, but we can certainly talk about now. It was that point right there was a huge part of my journey as well. The way I ran my real estate business was that I would, um, the high rise market was just coming on right Mm -hmm. at the time when I got my license. And I was just like, oh, this this is so cool. I love this city. This is like the new, like sexy thing. I I was young. I was like ready to do this. And so Mm -hmm. what I recognized is developers needed at least 20 to 30% of pre-sales before the banks would drop down their financing to build these massive buildings. Mm -hmm. So that's a very risky spot for those developers. So what I did is I would go out and prospect investment groups. And then made relationships with these developers over here in Vegas to get some sort of like a volume discount. If I could sell five units, if I could sell 10, whatever, better views or a lower down payment schedule, just Mm -hmm. anything, just any little perk. So then I would go and sell those to my investment group. So I was on the road a lot by myself. Mm -hmm. And I would go to people in Vegas didn't understand the high-risk market. So I would go to Chicago and I would go to Miami and I'd go to all these different places. I loved that time. The same until that time, I never spent a minute alone. I was either with like all my colleagues or my mm-hmm. dance friends or my this yeah. or my that and, and constantly spinning. And then all of a sudden, uh, during that time, I felt in love with being by myself. Mm-hmm. And that right there was about at the beginning of that journey. Yeah. It was like I was spending a lot of time by myself. I started to have more introspection. Cause then you can hear what what is your intuition saying to you. You That's know, right. we all have it. And and like you said earlier, lean into those things, those curiosities. They aren't mm-hmm. mistakes.
0: They That's are right. not mistakes.
1: They are there to guide you, to give you a roadmap
0: on where to go. So lean in. Absolutely. And then you had brought up um well okay so I guess then you talked about you know you you finally realized you came to another kind of point in the road where you realized some other things got to change because you're you know you have I think two young kids at the time and you realized you were not in a place that you want to stay and so you started doing you know these different practices these different modalities but mm-hmm. over that month you started to really uncover a deeper the deeper traumas that were there or the truth yeah. behind the trauma I mean so, Absolutely. So, what would you say about that though? Like, how I know you said you were journaling and breath work, but is there anything with that that you would just recommend people that if maybe they still feel like there's these uneasy things or these traumas, maybe they've maybe they know that a little bit of those are going on. You know, a lot of us know, like, oh, this one comment that was made when I was a third grader, or you know, because we we do, we all of us yeah. hold on to some trauma
1: 100%. And yeah, some, so. we don't all
0: deal with it. And some of us are some of them are deeper, and some of them are we've held longer. But is there, what would you just say to people about that? Like, how do we even step into uncovering some of these things? If maybe we aren't at that, that point where we, there's nothing else we can do but go forward.
1: Yeah. So, um, so a lot of, some people, you know, um, have their, their trauma is very obvious. They know that their spouse was killed or that they're, you know, they lost a parent very young or something, something like this uh, for for people like myself and there's a lot of us like as you said all of us have some sort of micro trauma Mm -hmm. all of us where that becomes micro to macro and uh chronic i'm not quite sure what that line is but the bottom (laughs) line is we all have hurt inside here and so um what i did was just truly get go back all the way to the basics so i did um every morning i would wake up i would do a um Journaling routine, like a, a journaling dump. So I would wake up, grab my journal, and it doesn't even make sense. Like it would be like, ah, it's, you know, 6 a.m. and I don't know if I brush my teeth. And, I, you know, it's just like literally whatever is coming to your head, yeah. you just dump it out. Because what that does is it clears your brain out mm-hmm. and allows what actually is in there to start coming out. And so I would just do that very, 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 very consistently for, you know, this whole time. I just started the journaling and then the breath work. I love Lucas Mack and Hella Weston. I don't know if uh, you follow them, but um, if not, I highly recommend them. They own Oh, Waken breath and their daily uh, breath r- work routine is amazing because it's, it's fast enough, but it's deep enough. Mm-hmm. Um, our breath is something that w- most of us are not aware of. And it's so powerful. So, mm-hmm. so powerful. And I'm talking about active breathing and it's literally been here since the minute we were born. Um, but it detoxifies our body. It brings forth trauma and it brings forth an intuition. So it is just a wonderful tool. So that their daily breath work routine is 10 deep belly breaths in and out. Hold on the exhale for 10 seconds, 20 in, 20 out, hold on the exhale for 20 seconds 30 in, 30 out, hold on the exhale for as long as you can. And then this is when I ask in my head, what does my intuition want me to know today? And then from there, I grab my journal again and actually write with intention and actually write what is coming up and thinking and what am I feeling and I'm getting really into what my emotion is and like being super present with everything in my body. And that routine within 30 days, again, being alcohol free, making sure, drug free, of course, like no, no, anything in my system to make sure that that is very clear and very mm-hmm. open, and very ready to receive. And when you ask with, with true willingness and true need to know a yearning, mm-hmm. I'm just a huge believer
0: that it will come. Mm. Absolutely. I, I talked to so many people that have done the work to heal, you know, past traumas or, you know, or they've done so much work and of course maybe they're still walking through it, but so many of them talk about either journaling or breath work or similar practices, right? And some of them might journal, but then, you know, they might burn it. They might, you know, they have maybe a ritual yeah. practice. And but I think it, it is, it's so powerful. And I think part of that is is that you're taking the time once again in quiet. And then having time for reflection and like you said, having time for your mind to actually quiet down and then process these things, you know, because we are so busy all the time that we rarely are quiet with our own thoughts. I think actually it's it's uncomfortable for a lot of us, you know, if we haven't practiced it. Absolutely.
1: It takes practice too. All of this takes practice. And what's so neat though, is as you do go on this journey, you do start to see yourself getting better and you do start to feel the intuition coming forward Mm -hmm. And you, the more you start to lean into it, you see that you see it manifesting in your life. And so it's really it's a fun game to play, so yeah. To speak. But yeah, both of those things that we just talked about, you know, those those daily routines like that, that would that would fall into the ritual aspect of the, the enjoyment method. But as you keep coming back to that time and that quiet listening and being by yourself, that is the respite sector of the enjoyment method and just being there for it, whatever it may come, be there for it.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what else would you want to share with us about your, about the enjoyment method and just how might we apply these other areas um, in our own lives?
1: Yeah. Well, you know, the very first part of the enjoyment method is the the foundation is health, the physical health part, Mm -hmm. because you, there is no way you can be happy if you're not not healthy. Like it's just Mm -hmm. bottom line. So we have to lay that foundation. And then I work with an amazing girl. Her name is Heather Kent. She's a psychotherapist. She specializes in uh, narcissistic abuse, PTSD, and trauma. And so she leads all the the trauma and um, grief and um, all that excavation is what Mm -hmm. I call it. And she's wonderful at helping walk people through that. I know it's so important, but by no means am I qualified <laughs> to, to actually lead people on that, that journey. But I knew it was an intricate piece of that. Yeah. And then here's the deal. What happens is when we start to unlock all this, as I said, in my own journey, we just become so like free and excited and the, yeah. you know, the, hit the stars. and You want to do all the things. And so it's important to harness that in that time and go do it, you know? Go, whatever that dream is you've always wanted to do and you just didn't think you could do it, that is the time. So that's the, those are the fun parts. The adventure that I I get people Mm -hmm. to go do things that they've always wanted to do, but they never thought they could. They're almost like, you know, those things that make you like feel sick thinking about Mm -hmm. it, but you Mm -hmm. really are intrigued by it. Right. That's that part. The bravery is a lot about like, for me, that was writing this 12-page letter to my family going, Hey, this is this happened, this happened, this happened. It was so hurtful, and I want an answer. Like, give me the answer. And then their response was everything, which was no response, right? And so that's the bravery. It took a lot of bravery. I was yeah. sick for four weeks writing that email. Mm-hmm. And but as soon as I did it, it solidified my answers. It everything clicked in, you know? So I just want all of these people that come on this journey with us, harnessing every part of this, leaning into the trauma, leaning into the health, go live those wildest dreams, Mm -hmm. like all of it. And and what we see when you come out the other side of it is just a person that's transformed Mm -hmm. and alive and glowing and full of joy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think uh, as you were saying that, you know, the two things that kind of I was thinking about were, one, right, like the, the trauma work or the, you know, the journaling and the the introspection, it's allowing us to kind of hear our own truth, right? Because we've been tamping it down. But The other thing is when you said about the, the letter or the email to your, your family, the other thing is, is this is true in all of our relationships, but it, we have to speak the truth. And in, in every, in our whole lives, we often, we don't, especially as women, you know, men too can do this, but we oh, I don't want to tell my spouse or, oh, they seem like tired or irritated or, oh, I don't want to tell my friend because they might be offended. So often we don't speak our full truth, right? We hold back, we reserve, you know, and of course with the trauma, you're just talking about an even bigger truth, right? That maybe we never were. So I think the point is, is every time you speak your truth, you, you speak what you need to say, there is a release. There's a freedom from that. And I think it's. It's a practice you have to continue constantly, at least most of us. I know I do, you know, I find myself doing that some days, you know, like, oh, I'll wait. Right. I won't say anything today. But then when I do, I'm like, oh, my God, why didn't I just say it five days ago, a month ago? I feel so much better. You know, so I think it's that's a really good point. And do you find that? A lot of times
1: if you keep, waiting, you keep waiting, you keep waiting, you keep waiting, then all of a sudden it's just like wow! like it just comes out not how you really wanted it to, right? Yes. Um, trust me, I'm so guilty of that as well. I like to equate it like this. It's like having a huge beach ball and you're trying to push it under the pool water and you're just like trying yeah. to hold it down and you're walking around, everybody's like, What's going on with that person? Like they right. totally have a beach ball under there. And yes. it's like oh, just yep. let it up like you know, everybody knows it's there already. You're not really hiding right. anything yeah. and it's yeah. really uncomfortable for you. So let's
0: like, just do this. Absolutely. And I, I wish I could remember that there's this example or story and I'm, I'm not going to remember exactly, but they basically say like, it's just like a nature, your truth is always going to continue to find a, a path forward to get out. It, there's just no way around it. It just, and until you let it, it's going to continue to, you know, basically cause trouble in your life, if you will. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, and ultimately that's, that's energy that can Mm -hmm. make you sick. Right. right? Yeah. That sort of energy that sits in your body that needs an escape that needs somewhere to go. So I, the, the first part of the health program is called activate and that is movement It is Mm -hmm. 100% movement. uh, Not only through the breath, through the body, And then um, through an herbal that we call cat's claw combination Uh that opens up all the detoxification channels and gets those detox um, the toxins to start running out. So it is just so important to move. Move, move your energy, move your motion,
0: move, move it all,
1: move it Mm -hmm. all out.
0: Mm -hmm. So what what about, okay, so would you say most people, I mean, all of us at some point have self-doubt or limiting beliefs, right? These old narratives or stories would you say most of those are tied back to our, our trauma, or would you say there's some um, themes that can, you see the most often with your clients Hmm. that are ones that we should be aware of so that we can make sure that's not the narrative and the things are moving forward with it in our lives.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I, what I see a lot are um, people that, that have, of course, The childhood traumas, the generational traumas Mm -hmm. are a massive thing right now. Mm -hmm. I think um, on many levels, we're kind of the first generation that get to really explore on a deeper level. We weren't Mm -hmm. like busy, like trying to survive the Great Depression or World War II or, you know, these types of things. And so those are like our parents and grandparents. And so these upcoming generations haven't had to endure that. So now we get to look and go like, actually, why are you, why did you spank me? Like, (laughs) like I came from a ranch family. Like we got spanked, got spanked by the bell. And a lot of times, like, let's be honest, we probably deserved it. And that to me wasn't where the damage came. The damage came from the mental manipulation and all the gains around that. You know, mm-hmm. so I feel like a lot of us, regardless of whatever it is, if it's alcoholism or if it's, um, you know, narcissistic abuse or, um, molestation, even this is generational mm-hmm. stuff. You can almost just keep jumping back to every mm-hmm. single generation. I, and the thing is, is I think what's the most important thing to ask, especially nowadays where their tensions are just so high. hmm it's my belief that we are never going to get out of this until each of us individually start to heal ourselves Mm -hmm. and we get out of this fear-based thinking. Yeah. We are so engulfed in this fear-based thinking. And I know, like, I mean, personally, growing up in a Mormon family that was very much a believer of the second coming and all that, I genuinely didn't think I would see my 14th birthday. I remember turning 14 and going, Oh, thank goodness. I'm still here. Like Christ hasn't come and like blown us up in a ball of fire yet. I genuinely was just like grateful that I made it to my 14th birthday. And then of course, like by 21, I was still there, but I was starting to lose doubts. And then after Y2K, you know, all the different things I was like, okay, you know, so those are a lot of, limiting beliefs and it's like well why do you think that way and what i did for those is i just started studying other religions i started studying other philosophies mm-hmm. and that helped me to broaden my horizon that helped it helped to broaden my viewpoint and broaden my scope so it's like well if this is what was told to me since the day i was born right let me go discover that thing for myself and that's, that's why right. i come back to gratitude With getting to go to Las Vegas and getting to go get out of my little small community, as much as I love that little community, it offered me a chance to see many other much wider viewpoints, which escaped me from my limiting beliefs and took me out of judgment, which took me out of fear and Mm -hmm. into love.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I actually did a a really good um, interview last or this, you know, last summer with a um, pastor and a female pastor, actually, and she didn't become a female pastor until she was in her 40s, you know, family and kids, but her yeah. whole life, she was drawn towards that. But she actually had a mother that had been harmed by by Christianity. And she's obviously a Christian pastor. I align myself as a Christian as well. But her episode was so interesting because she talks about if faith in the viewpoint of certain or religion is such that it's harmful to you, or it's detrimental, it that is not the same thing. That is dangerous, right? Yes. So it was a really good episode because she talked about, you know, and I've interviewed someone else who left their, um, their particular faith denomination because of the harm that was caused to them. But, you know, once again, so her whole point is, is if it's not coming from and to love, you know, even though obviously her and I align with that particular, Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. that particular faith, at the end, you know, she'd even say, no, 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 if you're saying it's hateful, or it's this, like such guilt focused, it, it's not healthy. And therefore that is not of God. Right. And so I, yeah. but I thought it was, she did such a good job, much more eloquent than I'm saying, but, no, your but point I'm is, you of, have, yeah, you have to, but right. if you don't see other viewpoints, you can't assess against, you know, what you've been told to see if that's where you align with your, your own beliefs and truth. You know.
1: absolutely absolutely yeah. it's like well how did you come up with that information Did, that's did right did you learn it on your own or did somebody tell it to you and you just took it as bible or whatever we want to right. say you know? right and that's the yeah. thing oh my whole mission is to spread joy and happiness and yeah. um religion of all sorts is is a yeah. massive source of joy and um, you know, brings people to gratitude yes. and reverence. And I love all of that stuff. And, and, and it's, it's been that for me as well. You know, there's mm-hmm. been a, it's, it was a huge anchor to me as I was alone in Vegas at 14 and all of that. Um, um, but certainly when, as you said, when there become points where like you get that feeling in your gut and you're like, mm-hmm. Oh, that doesn't feel so right. Mm, that kind of hurts. And mm, that what? That doesn't make sense. You said this, but then did that that's where it starts to become toxic.
0: That's right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So what would you want to leave us with, with any last um, tips or just thoughts, you know, before we find out how people can connect with you and learn more about you online?
1: Oh my goodness. I, I as you know, as you can see, I can talk for days and I have lots to say, but um, I think the most important thing is we are in a time where there is so much sadness. There is so mm-hmm. much hurt. There's so much isolation. There's so much loneliness. We are the sickest nation in the world, even though we have the most access to healthcare and finances and medical doctors and medicine and all the things. It's like it's like sad and sick and lonely and the whole thing. Mm-hmm. It really, it just feels like it's all breaking down. And um, what I what I want to share is that there's hope. And that it's so important that we, we begin by loving ourselves, which helps us to love others, get out of that fear-based mentality. And that there's hope for all of us. Every single one of us can heal ourselves, Mm -hmm. can live a life of joy and can live a life out loud and in color.
0: Yeah. And what I would just add to that, because you talked about this earlier, but I think it's really important because I so agree. All those things are going on and, it's it's very sad but i feel like my role and i i can tell yours as well is to be an encourager in the world and to share hope and love but i would tell people the way we do that is get into big nature right figure out what are the roots that you want to keep you know connected to what are the connections that you want to have what are the passions that lit you up when whether it was when you were five or 25 right or 35 yeah. or 50 go after those things um yeah. and then make sure you're filling your life with things that you know, really do bring you joy, right? Because Absolutely. and then share your, you know, serve others. I think Absolutely. when you, if you're lonely, go find someone and be the person for them. So they're not as lonely, right? I do think it's kind of uh, not just being a mirror, but if we go out in the world and give others what we need most, we will actually find it for ourselves.
1: 100%, 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, as I said, I left my horses and went to Vegas and did and dance, but that's, you can see right there, that's my... That's my horse Murphy. And it. uh, he it, its so much adventure and exhilaration. Like I can't replace that anywhere else. Yep. And it, it is the first place that I go. If I am feeling down and in Vancouver in the winter, that can easily happen. It's a lot yep. of work to really stay up and excited here, but he offers that to me and mm-hmm. everybody deserves that. Whatever that is, you know, whatever yeah. that is for you. Um, and, and to, and to lean into those things, like, it, this life is not supposed to be miserable. This right. life is supposed to be beautiful, and it's all mm-hmm. of our birthright to have that.
0: Mm, absolutely. Can you tell us how can people connect with you online?
1: Ah, oh, I'd love to see you guys um, online. So my Instagram handle is at the Shayna Meyer. It's S H A Y N A M E Y E R. My website is shaynamichelle.ca. That's very important. Ca. And, um, yeah, I'll see you guys there. I'd love to, you can come join the wait list for the enjoyment method. We're just getting ready to launch another container in June, I believe. Yeah. This coming June. So you can join the wait list and, um, we'll see you over there. I'd love that.
0: Oh, I love it. Thank you so much for being on with us today and sharing your story and just some of your process on how you're helping people in the world.
1: Absolutely. Thank you for having me. It's been such a nice conversation.
0: What's so important about the conversation today is that if we find ourselves chasing standards and ideals and even things that we've been told that we should want, but that they don't feel aligned, that we're finding we're not really acting or being the person we know deep down we are, that it's time to make a change. It's time to reassess our priorities and what Do we really want in our lives? What do we want to fill our time with? What lifestyle do we want to live? And what, at what pace? And I'll just share a poem by Amber Lillistrom that's called Cease All Striving. And she says, Exhaustion reigns supreme in a world that values what's out more than what's in. Fatigue fades us into the shadows of our truest selves. The wisest parts of us are whispering. There has to be another way. And then it arrives, the wake up to shake up, the emboldened imitation to cease all striving. There is no departure needed when the yes belongs to you. There is no overcompensation when we listen for the melody of our own soul. Put on a song that brings you back. Drop your phone in the drawer. Unplug from the cycle of never-ending needs. Swing open the doorway to your own golden center. Rest your bones in the quiet for a while. Take your time and breathe. You have journeyed many miles to get here. Efforting for what isn't is a form of self-torture. To strive is to assume deficiency. There is nothing lacking about you. A rejuvenated you is the most glorious wellspring of possibility that exists. Fill yourself to the brim. Uh, If you find you're striving and you're just worn out, and no matter what materialistic things you gain, you just don't feel how you should, then like I said, it's time to reassess. It's time to slow down, to take a break and to decide for yourself, what work do you need to do so that you can move towards your truest self and what you most deeply desire to be in your life? I hope you have a great day and I'll see you back in the next episode. Once again, thanks for listening to the podcast. And if you enjoyed the podcast, we would love it if you could leave a review on Apple Podcasts because that helps us get discovered by more people. We'd also love your feedback. So email me at Kristen at KristenFitch.com or DM me on Instagram. I'm at KristenFitch and let me know what ideas or ideas for shows or for guests that you have. I would love to hear from you.